It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipit.tv. Hey guys, John Barchard here. You guys know how much I love to play fantasy football. So I need you to listen up because I want you to join the highest rated fantasy football app. It's called Draft. You get to play in a real live snake draft, but be done in under five minutes and they last just for one week. Draft start every couple of minutes so you can join right now for week seven. And the best part is you get to play for cold Hard cash. Get this. Your chances of winning are 80% better than on the salary cap sites, on all the DFS sites. Because you're always trying to figure out, okay, where should I start this guy and the value and I don't have enough money to do all that stuff. It doesn't happen on draft. You get a selection of every premium player. You just got to be the smartest one in the room. It's a six-player snake draft, so you get in, you get out. Tournaments start from $1 to $1,000 to everything in between. Three-person drafts, six-person drafts, on and on. The options are limitless. And all new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit. All you have to use is promo code BGNR. That's right. Play a real money game for free just by using promo code BGNR. And it gets even better. Draft is so sure that you'll love it that they are offering BGN Radio List a money-back guarantee up to $100. No excuses now. Just search Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com and come play for free right now with promo code BGNR. You're listening to BGN Radio. Let's back. He's looking. He's looking. He is rolling. He's going to tuck it and run. He is in the end zone! Touchdown, Carson Wentz! <laughs> your Philadelphia Eagles are... Five and one. Think about that for a second. Five and one. Five and one is tied for the best record in the NFL. Only the Chiefs have the same amount of wins. And yes, the Kansas City Chiefs defeated the Eagles in week two. But the NFL is a what have you done for me recently kind of league. And the Chiefs' offense did not look very good when they were playing at home against the Steelers 
in week six. And the other thing about that Chiefs game is the Eagles are in it. They're right in it. I'm Brandon Lee Gowton here with you today for today's BGN Radio Daily. Oh, as always, streaming live on uh, BleedingGreenNation.com's Facebook page. It's Facebook.com backslash, or sorry, it's just slash. It's not backslash. Facebook.com slash BleedingGreenNation. Uh, Gabriel Bessa checking in in the comments. Brandon Taylor, um, Cecily Turner, all checking in. Appreciate you guys. Lots of good stuff to talk about. I mean, it's just crazy, man. It's crazy. It's crazy how the Eagles are 5-1. and one. I still can't get over it. I know we've had a couple of na- days now since they won on, on Thursday night football. No thanks to Pete Morelli and the terrible, terrible, awful officiating in that game. Speaking of which, there is a petition. I'm sure you've seen it by now. I'm sure you've signed it by now. If you have not, go check that out on BleedingGreenNation.com. You can sign the petition to help the NFL remove Pete Morelli from those Eagles games because for whatever reason, there's a huge disparity. And now, will the petition work? I mean, who knows? Probably not. But I, you know, put your signature out there. Make it so that uh, it's a bigger, it's it, it draws more attention and the NFL has to do something about it because that, I mean, if I was doing this Facebook Live, the day after the Eagles game, I would be furious because even though they won, because that officiating was terrible and it was just ridiculous for, for them to be penalized in the last four games where Pete Morelli is refing um, a total of 40 times for the Eagles and only eight times for the opponents. And as it applied specifically to that game, the Eagles were just so clearly the better team against the Panthers. And if that officiating wasn't as awful, I don't even think that game's as close as it turned out to be. That was a 28-23 to game. It didn't feel like that. It felt like the Eagles were ahead more. The Eagles had uh, some penalties that really just killed them. I mean, the Jalen Mills penalty that wipes out Rodney McLeod's interception. Uh, just a number of penalties that kind of just killed drives or helped drives for the Panthers. Uh, the one that gave the, exactly the one bringing up, being brought up here by Gabriel about uh, Derek Barnett getting called for that late hit on Cam Newton. It was ridiculous. There wasn't a whistle on the play. How was Derek Barnett supposed to know the play was over if the ref doesn't blow the whistle? He doesn't know. He can't know. He can't possibly know. You play into the whistle. So I don't want to harp on the officiating too much because the Eagles won and we're a couple of days removed from it. But I just wanted to point out that the Eagles played so well in that game, that really poor officiating. I mean, this is kind of officiating we've never seen before. There's never been a game in NFL history where the, uh, one team has been penalized more than 120 yards and the other team has only been penalized for less than 10. I mean, this was a, a historical game uh, f- in terms of the Eagles being at a disadvantage, and they overcame it and they won. And I think that says a lot about this Eagles team. I brought this up on our WIP show, uh, which you haven't listened to yet, go do that for sure. But uh, I, I think this Eagles team and what makes them arguably the best team in the NFL, if you want to call them that, is the fact that they respond well to adversity. They were in a terrible spot in terms of being screwed over by the refs, and it didn't matter. 
They won the game anyway. You look at where they've been at times this year. You know, they, they're up on the Giants, and all of a sudden New York comes rolling back, and, you know, it takes a 61-yard field goal, but the Eagles, to their credit, got themselves in a position to make that 61-yard field goal. Carson Wentz threw a beautiful ball to Alshon Jeffrey, who ran a great route. So they're responding to adversity well. I think that says a lot about this team. I love the two-point conversion, uh, as Brandon Taylor is pointing out there in the comments. I think uh, when we're talking about adversity in this team, that's where you have to give a lot of credit to Doug Peterson because he has these guys ready to play, and he has them prepared, and he has them in a situation where he's not allowing them to get too down on themselves in the face of adversity. He's inspiring them. He's motivating them, and you're seeing them really respond well to that. So I think that says a lot about this team. Um, I think another thing that is is a big reason why the Eagles are a very, not only just a good team, but arguably, again, the best team in the NFL right now, is just the way they demoralize their opponents. Again, I talked about this on the WIP show. The Eagles are just the offensive line and the defensive line, so physical. Just look at the way Brandon Brooks crushed Luke Keekley, and it was a shame that Luke Keekley got hurt. I didn't want to see anyone get hurt. But the way that he was just so physical with the other team, it's just so great to see. And and Carson Wentz, just I know he didn't even get a gain on that play where he runs straight at a defender in the red zone. Uh, maybe he gained it like half a yard or whatever. But just the toughness of him to go in there like that, it's amazing. It's really awesome to see. This team is tough. They're fun. They're just – you look at the way – um, Cam Newton played, and it was just totally – he was playing great before week six. I mean, he's coming off two really good games, and all of a sudden the Eagles defensive line comes in here. Fletcher Cox is all in his face and totally just wrecks the game plan for the Panthers. They can't run the ball. That's a huge thing with the Eagles team, another demoralizing factor. They don't let you run the ball on them. And what that means is then you have to pass – way more than you should want to. In this case, Cam Newton had to pass 52 times. So the Eagles can make you one-dimensional. And at that point, it plays right into the Eagles' hands because they want you to not run the ball. They want you to throw the ball, even though they have not the best cornerbacks in the world, although the cornerbacks have been playing pretty decently. I mean, you have to give Jalen Mills credit. He had that interception. It was a terrible throw from Cam Newton, but he still made the play. Uh, Rizul Douglas came up with that pick on the play where Cam, or Fletcher Cox got to Cam Newton. And then Patrick Robinson has been playing out of his mind, which is insane. But going back to my point about this defense is they make you so you cannot run the ball, and then you have to throw the ball. The pass rushers can tee off. And for as good, you know, for as the, with the concern with the cornerbacks, for as not good as they are in coverage, it helps for sure when they know the the pass is coming and they don't have to keep as honest in the run because the, the front four, the defensive line, and the front, just the front seven really, the linebackers, can take care of that run game. So they know pass is coming and they can have an, a better idea of what's coming at them as opposed to having to overthink everything and being thrown off. 
I mean, you look at that game from Nigel Bradham, as Christian Durham is pointing out here in the Facebook comments on the Bleeding Green Nation Facebook page. He had a, just a career game, like probably the best game of his career, flying around there, making tackles. That's one thing that you really have to appreciate with this defense. It's not just that they're stopping plays. I mean, even in the plays where they're allowing yards, which is not ideal, they're flying to the ball. They're putting big hits on people. They're making it so that even if you get a gain on the Eagles, you're going to regret it because they're going to be physical with you and it's going to take a toll over the course of a game. So that's what we saw. And they're just playing together like a team right now. I know that this is all kind of cliche. And it's all at a point where everything is great because the Eagles are winning. But it's true. And it's it's okay to be happy about that and, and take advantage of that. Now, you know, there's 10 more games on the schedule. Uh, we're not crowning the Eagles just yet. Although I do think, you know, there is a case they're the best team. Which is the whole point of all of this. But... You know, they're the best team right now. That doesn't mean they'll be the best team next week if they don't care, take care of business against Washington, which we will get to in a little bit. I want to touch on some other things first. Uh, getting a question here from Cecily Turner about Aaron Rodgers, and that's something that I wanted to talk about in today's show, and it's it's a huge factor for this Eagles team. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is, you know, he's arguably the best player in the NFL. Um, arguably the one of the best quarterbacks ever. I mean, he's great. He's a great player. And for him to go down for potentially this season, the Packers didn't put him on injured reserve. So that makes me think there's some kind of chance he could return at the end of the year. But it might not matter because the Packers might be out of it by then because Brett, Hen- Brett, uh, Brett Hunley doesn't look so great. Um, I don't think they're going anywhere too far with him at quarterback, at least relatively compared to Aaron Rodgers. So the injury to Aaron Rodgers totally just opens up this conference even more than it was. I mean, the Eagles were already in the driver's seat, you could argue, but the Packers were, if they beat the Vikings, also would have been 5-1. and one. Um, And now it really just opens up that conference for the Eagles to get that one seed if they can stay on track like they are right now, which will be easier, you know, it's easier said than done, but it's the opportunity is there for them. And you look at this Eagles team uh, and you think about the impact of the number one seed, it doesn't mean everything because look at the Cowboys last year. Uh, I'm sure you'll appreciate this. Remember the Cowboys? Yeah. They, uh, They happened to get the one seed last year and they got eliminated in the first round. Well, not the wild card. You know, the first round that they played in, they didn't matter. You know why? Because they faced Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers isn't here now. He's out, and that's a huge loss for the Packers, huge gain for the Eagles. Now, going along with the Eagles' schedule, looking ahead here, one week, and one week from today, the Eagles are playing the Washington redacted um it's a it's going to be a heck of a game the washington team is coming off a a, just an outstanding win over the tough 49ers you know anytime you can beat the 49ers by two points i mean that's you just have to give your hats off now i'm being a little why am i being like that because there's so many washington fans that i've seen whether it's on twitter or on our good friends over at hogshaven 
um, more so in the comments, not saying the site itself, where they're like, oh, the Eagles, who have they even beat? You know, it's, and it's like, what are you talking about? The Eagles beat Washington. And they just went to Carolina on a short week and they beat them. So I don't even know what you're talking about. And then not only are you going to say, oh, who did Washington beat? Uh, you guys aren't looking so great either if you're only beating the 49ers by two points at home in a game where Robbie Gold missed the field goal. I mean, if he makes that field goal, they, Washington might lose. If Pierre Garçon doesn't get called for one of the worst, like meaning worst as in wrongfully shouldn't have been called, uh, Pete Morelli probably just jumping in there to make the call against uh, the 49ers there on Pierre Garçon. I mean, that was just a terrible penalty that took them out of the chance of a long field goal at the end of the game in that 49ers-Washington game. So my point being, 49ers l- lose to Washington. Washington barely squeaks by. Um, now, it doesn't mean I think the Eagles game against Washington will be a cakewalk. But it does tell me that Washington isn't this juggernaut of a team that their fans seem to think they are and that they're better than the Eagles for some reason. Uh, it's it's definitely a huge game for this team. I mean, you win this game against Washington, you really think about it, and the division's over. I mean, barring some kind of miraculous run from the Giants or which is not going to happen or I mean I guess the Cowboys could turn it on but you look at their schedule and they don't have a bunch of easy teams coming up and they might be losing Ezekiel Elliott for six weeks by the way so uh, they're certainly not super uh, threatening right now and then you have Washington and if the Eagles beat them who I think Washington probably is the second best team in the division right now I mean at that point, the Eagles will be six and one. Washington drops to three and three. You have a huge lead over the rest of the division at that point. And with the Eagles beating Washington twice, if they can do it, you have that head to head tiebreaker too. So even if somehow it evens out there, you have the tiebreaker, you're set. So this is a huge game for the Eagles to kind of, uh, I don't want to say make a statement because I think. They've already done that now with the Cardinals game, playing a complete game, and then going down to Carolina and proving they're for real. It's not like the Eagles have to prove they're you know some legit team. I mean, they're really good. We already know that. But now I think it's time to prove maybe if they're an elite team. I think that's what beating Washington would mean. It would mean that, okay, this team is serious. They're putting the division away in week seven. That would be awesome. That's going to be a great game. I can't wait for that game. We have to wait a whole week. That's the, uh, I guess, the bad news of it. I mean, I, I like that the Eagles have time to prepare. They have extra time to prepare because they have been off since Thursday. And the Washington had to play yesterday. And as a result, Washington's dealing with some injuries here. You see Bashad Breland have a hamstring injury. He got an MRI. It sounds like he might be able to play against the Eagles. And Josh Norman, who has a fractured rib and a lung puncture, might also be able to play against the Eagles, at least from what I'm seeing. But it's not a certainty at all. And that's a big reason why the Washington, apparently, and get this, they're working out Nolan Carroll. Nolan Carroll. Imagine if he has to play. I don't think they've officially signed him yet, but as, as, a, as a me recording this, mind you, now, of course, watch them do it while 
after this recording is over. But if they, if whether they do or don't, I mean, that just tells you that Washington is concerned about their cornerback position right now, and these Eagles receivers are playing well. You know, Alshon Jeffrey, he hasn't had that monster game yet, and we keep saying every week, maybe this is the week, but maybe really this is the week. If Josh Norman isn't going to be there, or if he is and he's banged up, or maybe it doesn't even matter if Alshon doesn't have that big game because if Nelson Aguilar continues to be productive in the slot and Zach Ertz is catching touchdowns and moving the chains and then you have Torrey Smith being as a, there as a deep ball threat and Matt Collins, who it's been awesome to see him contribute. The Eagles have multiple guys that can get the job done right now and that's another thing about this team that makes them a claim, that gives legitimacy to their claim as one of the best teams, if not the best team in the NFL. A um, couple more quick takeaways from week six of the NFL that I wanted to get to. Really just, I guess this one is that the Giants, the New York football Giants, are no longer winless, which is a big joke on them. Because guess what? All that's doing for them by beating the Broncos is they're hurting their draft positioning. And, by the way, showing that the Broncos are, are beatable. So when they come to the link in a couple of weeks here, that's nice to know. But yeah, the Giants, all they're doing is hurting their draft positioning. A win over an AFC team doesn't mean anything, pretty much. I mean, they're still 1-5, and, and they're 0-4 in the conference, 0-2 in the division. So always fun to laugh at the Giants. Um, for now, I think that just about does it for our Week 6 recap. So let's get into our over-and-under segment with the great Stephen Lee, that's at Stephen Lee 20 on Twitter, underscore between Stephen and Lee. He is here with us today. He's not here with me, but he's here in the numbers that he provides us every single week. Uh, he has three over and unders for us. He has number one, which we'll get started on, Carson Wentz, over under three touchdown passes for this Eagles-Washington game. Man. How did I get this far into the podcast without talking about Carson Wentz? I think there's just been so many good things going on that I forgot. Carson Wentz right now is playing at an MVP-type level. Now, I'm not saying he's the shoe-in for MVP. I'm not saying uh, he's definitely going to win it. I'm just saying that he's in the conversation legitimately. You look at how this team has improved from last year to this year. It's coinciding with him taking that next step in his development it's a great thing for the Eagles. Does he have three touchdown passes in this game, though? I mean, this is a big spot for him. Or does he have more than that? Or does he have less? I have to go under, I think. I mean, that's just, it's a lot. Carson Wentz, prior to the, the Cardinals game, didn't even have three touchdown passes in a single game. So uh, he's playing at such a high level right now that I'm so tempted to take the over. I want to take the over, but I think... Uh, I'm going to be a little conservative and take the under on that three. I could see two. I could see three. But I, it's hard to take the over on that. I don't think he's going to get four or five. Hey, Carson, I'd love to be wrong. Those cornerbacks, again, are hurt. you got to take advantage of that matchup. But for now, I'm going to say he goes under. But I think he still has a really good game. He's playing just such good football right now. I think going back to what I was saying earlier about this team and responding to adversity – uh, and showing resiliency is that Carson Wentz was getting blitzed and banged up, and he literally had his arm almost ripped off. 
at one point by a Panthers defender. It didn't matter. He bounced back. He played a heck of a game. Uh, had some moments that I'm sure he wants back. You look at that Nelson Aguilar being wide open on the final third down that the Eagles had on offense, and he, I mean, he makes that play. The game is over. But you know, uh, hard to kill him for that when he has a good overall game, and and we know he's not a finished product yet. He's not perfect. So the fact that he's even in this MVP conversation at this stage in his career, even if he doesn't win it, even if it doesn't last, it's just a testament to how Carson Wentz has improved and a testament to why you should feel good about this team because he is already playing at such a high level and he the potential is there for him to only get even better. And that is yet another reason why you should feel good about this team. But... Is he playing so well enough that, and now we're getting to our second over and under right here, the Eagles will win 11, over under 11 and a half games. Over or under 11 and a half games for this Eagles team, which is currently 5-1 and one, with 10 games to play. You were at a point where even if you go 5-5 five and five the rest of the way, you go 500 which I think is a low estimate for the Eagles because you look at their schedule, and I think it's favorable. They still have a lot of games at home here. Uh, They're playing some teams who aren't super great on paper, such as the 49ers and the Bears. Uh, So when I look at 11.5 wins for this team, I'm tempted to take the over. I really am. I think they get to at least 10. I think, and it's crazy for me to say because I was thinking this team was going nine and seven, or ten and six at the beginning of the season. But the way they're playing right now, and the way their schedule shapes up, I really think twelve wins is there on the table for them. Uh, it comes down to a tricky part at the end of the schedule. They play the Dallas Cowboys in that final game of the season. That could be a meaningless game, so this could kind of throw off that uh, over under there. But I do think the Eagles can get to 12 wins. I think 13 is even on the table as the absolute ceiling. I don't think 14. I mean, if they did that, oh my gosh. Um, Which brings us to our third and final over and under prop bet of the day, which is the three seed in the NFC. So the over would be higher in this case. So if we're going over on the three seed that means the two seed or the one seed and the under being the four seed the five seed or the six seed or they don't make the playoffs at all I mean you have to take the over right I just said I think they can win 12 games I think they could be the number one or the number two seed in this conference I think the Eagles right now they're playing like the best team in the conference I think they can do it um I think they're there I think this team is legit again I I just see it's not just about how they've got here it's it's not just about that they are five and one rather it's about how they have gotten here in terms of what they've been able to do they've been real encouraging and i think this team has the potential to get to that number one seed spot which is just so crazy to me that we're able to say that after the first six of the weeks of the season it's been a great season so far hope the good times can keep rolling and thanks again to Stephen lee for giving us those over-unders as he always does each week. Again, follow him on Twitter at Stephen underscore Lee 20. That's Stephen with a PH. Um, great job always by him. Uh, if you want to give me some questions, 
in the Facebook comments here down below on the Bleeding Green Nation Facebook page. I'll answer some of your questions right now. If you're listening to this on the replay, you cannot give me questions because you're listening on the replay. And that means you should be tuning in to our facebook.com slash Bleeding Green Nation live version of this podcast. If you are listening to, but whether you are listening live or not on the replay, one thing we'd always appreciate is going to the iTunes store, iTunes store and give us a five-star review. Leave us a rating. Um, BGN Radio. John Barchard, obviously manning, managing the uh, BGN Radio account, asking, why am I so pretty? Well, John, I think it's because I've been spending a lot of time around you, and I think that's probably how it happened. So uh, we have that there. Uh, any other questions? Okay, so Matthew Peter asking, am I concerned about the running back ability to block the blitz? Yeah, I mean, I don't think any of these guys are particularly great at pass blocking right now. Uh, that was actually an area where Wendell Smallwood was showing improvement. So maybe if the Eagles can get him back, it improves. I think LeGarrette Blunt, when he's engaged and he doesn't whiff, is a good pass blocker because he's just so big and he has the size to handle on some of those bigger guys. But uh, I don't think any of the running backs right now with Smallwood out are particularly great at pass blocking. Gabriel. Bessa asking, so what did the Eagles do about their kicker situation? When Sturgis gets healthy, the Eagles can't cut Elliott, and that's not good news for Sturgis. Well, the Eagles don't have to do anything, really, with Sturgis. I mean, they can just keep him on injured reserve the whole year, and then he's there, and then he's a free agent after the season. If they want to re-sign him on a cheap deal, they can probably just do that and bring him back into a camp battle for next offseason where him, meaning Sturgis, and Jake Elliott can kind of compete for the kicker job. And then Jake Elliott being the best Elliott in the NFC East, which you can get the t-shirt over at bgnradio.com. You can check that out. Uh, I think Elliott will win the job. So I wouldn't have, you know, I don't put too much thought in that at all. I think it's simple as they're going to keep Sturgis on injured reserve and it's Jake Elliott's job for now. Um, Franklin Curry, if I can only sign one half between Alshon and Timmy Jernigan, who should the Eagles sign? That's a tough question. Um, I think they can sign both, so I will say that. I don't think it's an either-or for this team, but I think it has to be, man, Jernigan's just playing so well, and I think he's such an important player next to Fletcher Cox there, and this defensive line is so dominant with him that I would really love to keep him around. I want to keep Boshan around too, so that's a t- it's a great question by, by you there, Franklin, but I think... If you, I mean, you still need a number one wide receiver if Alshon isn't there. But I think the thinking, if you have to pick between the two, is that, look, Carson Wentz is really good. And if he keeps developing, maybe he doesn't need those top flight receivers. I mean, hopefully he, hopefully you still have him because that makes it that much even better. But if you have to take one of those two things away, uh, it's tough because I think Alshon is making a bigger impact than the numbers show. But I think I would have to keep Jernigan. Uh, Dante Bronall asking, when can the Eagles respect or expect Ronald Darby back and should the Eagles redshirt Sidney Jones? So the thing with Ronald Darby is Doug Peterson said he wouldn't be practicing this week, so I don't think we'll be seeing him out there against Washington. Although I think he's getting closer. I think maybe you see him in week eight against the 49ers, but the thing with that is do you really want to rush him back for a game against the currently winless 49ers probably not uh maybe try to bring him back for the denver game 
if that's possible. At the very latest, I would see him back at week 11 because that's after the Eagles bye. And then with Sidney Jones, it sounds like he's not going to be ready to play. Uh, Les Bowen's reporting that he isn't close to playing. So uh, I just I think I've always said the Eagles should be patient with him and, and pretty much just shut him down for the season. I think it's at the point where they're going to have to make a Dece- uh, decision in December, so it's not even something they have to worry about particularly so close right now. But it is worth Sydney noting that Sidney Jones is eligible to practice so uh, depending how his injury recovery here goes, they might be able to activate him. They can have him practice for 21 days without putting him on the roster. And then after those 21 days, they either have to decide, okay, we're putting you on the roster for the rest of the season or we're shutting you down and then you're not playing at all this season. So there's still some time left before they have to make a decision on that. I think personally, I would just keep him out because I just don't know how much of an impact he's really going to make as a rookie. I think it'd be awesome to have him, but I just don't know how realistic it is. So that's my answer for now. Um, how great is Brandon Graham? And do I think he can keep it up? Um, this is from Mike. Uh, do you mean Nigel Bradham here, Mike? Because you're saying help at linebacker. Um, either way, Brandon Graham, Nigel Bradham, both playing very well. Uh, definitely feel good. Yes, he did meet. He, so Mike did mean Nigel Bradham there. Uh, Nigel Bradham, Nigel Bradham played a, the game of his life against the Panthers. It was great to see, and I do think uh, the Eagles have to try to resign him too. I mean, he's going to be a free agent as well when he's playing at such a high level. I mean, how could you not want to keep that guy around? You want to keep all these guys around if they're playing well. I mean, you, you have to try to find a way. Um, we can see there before when I mentioned, by the way, if you're listening live with me, uh, the, the best Elliot in the division t-shirt is available at tpublic.com on our BGN radio t-shirt store. Um, so I think that just about does it for today's episode. Uh, it's been fun as always. It's, it's a little different because it's not right after an Eagles game. So maybe I'm not as fired up or emotional especially like I said earlier as I would be if if this I was doing this right after that game where all those penalties happened but uh it's been a great time as always thank you guys for tuning in if you like what we do go to iTunes give us a five-star review and a rating go check out our bonus content on patreon.com slash bgn radio you can follow bgn radio on twitter that's bgn underscore radio you can check out the bgn radio facebook page which is commenting in the comments here on this Facebook live video. And the, the link for that page is facebook.com slash BGN radio podcast. Uh, we have BGN radio daily episodes coming out all throughout the week as always. So stay tuned for those subscribe to our iTunes feed. So you don't miss a show uh, should be a good time as always. Thanks again for everyone for tuning in and take it easy. Stretch your hand and I'm going to chop it off. I dare you ask for a favor from your boss's boss. Shrimp, scampi, angel head noodles, white wine sauce. Rwanda and Ross, reload the Nina Ross. Settle metal when I'm focused on the green Dinero. Hocus Pocus, Gucci Lopez, cake with bacon soda. Cake for soldiers moving weight from Maine to Nova Scotia. Bang revolvers, problem solvers, that and pain the mothers. Lost a child, clips from play when they hear the loud. Nightmares, walking dead cause they sleep in You either sheep or shit, be scared and cut the pieces. 
I lust for custom coops with the honey mustard features. Butterfly doors, a whore that makes wine or sober. Her beauty stunning, plus she funny, that's the proper order. Head nods and cat calls, cuz it's pops in order. Yeah, I'm stuntin' all the world is my stage show. Dallas streets cruising around about 4 a.m. Just that fly shit, the type you never seen again. No meats, no leather, I'm just pimpin' a pit. We live that life that you're wishing against. More money, more power, more women and shit. It's me and now, motherfucker, who you think this is? Gia, Dallas streets cruising around about 4 a.m. Dallas streets cruising around about 4 a.m. 